0: Welcome to Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Life isn't perfect, nor is it easy, but it can be enjoyable, fulfilling, and purposeful if we choose to create it to be so. Monday Motivations is a quick and easy way to help you create the rich and fulfilling life you desire. Your host, Corey Mendoza, is a highly sought after speaker, coach, and author, influencing professionals to get real, work less, and live more balanced lives. Each Monday, she interviews an expert in their field to find tips, encouragement, and inspiration for your personal and professional success. Monday Motivations increases your awareness of what you can do with your current situation. Your sense of empowerment will expand, fears, doubts, and worries will vaporize, and you will see more possibilities every day. Let's dig in to the next episode of Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza. Welcome to Monday Motivations, 52
1: Weeks to a More Purposeful You. This week, we have Lori Lara, and we're going to be talking about self-image. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corey. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know Lori, uh, we met while we were both speaking at um, Cultivate Courage. I think that was like 2019? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: 2018. I can't remember if it's 2018 or 2019.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I just remember, um, you know, the work that you do with self-defense and working with women and now working with women, men, um, young boys, young girls, but just all about, you know, self-defense, self-control. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, for those of you who don't know Lori, here's a little bit about her. So Lori Lara is on a mission to to share hope mental health and wellness education, and real-world self-defense instruction. As a black belt in mixed martial arts, Lori teaches a unique blend of effective fighting skills while also building the mental, emotional, and spiritual foundations of self-protection and wellness. Wow, what, and, and how much is like self, our topic for today, um, self-image part of that foundation? So it's
2: absolutely the cornerstone. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you read this week's topic, it's week 30. um, What, what did you take away from it or what stood out to you? Well, thank you,
2: Corey. And I loved it. So I printed it out. I have it here. I think you packed in so many important concepts and parts of Mm self-image and three things really stood out to me and like three words deserve. Hmm. reasons and decide Hmm. so you have in here so beautifully that everyone deserves to have confidence self-appreciation and self-respect and that is so true and that that's absolutely mirrors exactly in my program with self-defense you know self-worth is at the core because we only protect the things that we value Hmm. so if we do Hmm. not have value in ourselves which is an aspect of self-image is how do we value ourselves or how do we not value ourselves? If we value ourselves, we will naturally protect ourselves. We'll be able to set boundaries with the guy in the dark alley or gal in the dark alley, or with family members, or with friends and, and other people in the community. So self-worth. So that so that was really big is we all deserve all those things
1: that you listed. And the second word well, I right. I, I, I wanna, there, you just said so many great things. So um, in terms of deserve, I loved what you said in that we only protect the things that we value. So what, what about people that don't value themselves? Like, and how would we even identify if there are parts of us that we don't value? I mean, I'm, I'm curious even for myself.
2: I think, I think if we don't value ourselves, which is something that I struggled with growing up, I had my self-worth, my self-image wrapped up in performance, whether it be in sports or school, uh, people pleasing, how pleased people were with me. Mm -hmm. I think most of us kind of walk around in an unconscious state before we do our work Mm -hmm. of either personal development or for me, it was on a therapist couch, you know, starting from a young age, being able to kind of realize what was going on. So I think we can have some indicators like stress. Do Mm -hmm. we have chronic stress? And that could be coming from a lack of boundaries and Mm -hmm. having a lack of boundaries. You could say, well, why don't we have boundaries? Why can't we say no? You Mm -hmm. know, in my program, I teach people. We actually practice saying no, no is a really hard word for people, especially especially Mm -hmm. if boundaries weren't taught and we're in people pleasing or we just really want to be at peace with people around us and we want peace in the world but sometimes that that shows up in people pleasing not being able to set boundaries not being able to set boundaries will show up in our life as chronic stress Mm -hmm. because we're going to be operating outside of what is good for us Mm -hmm. so it could be a lack of skills like we just don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to say no. We don't know when to say no. So those are skills about learning boundaries. What's my stuff? What's somebody else's stuff? What's beyond what I should be doing, but I'm saying yes, but I really should say no, all of that. So chronic stress, Mm -hmm. I mean, that could come from a number of of things, but it really can come from a lack of self-worth. Is this stress that we have because we aren't able to set boundaries.
1: Yeah, Um, Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's safe to say that if if I'm experiencing stress, maybe taking a pause and getting curious what things have I committed to that maybe I really didn't want to or or what are some other questions I can ask myself to determine whether or not I've upheld my boundaries or not.
2: I, th- I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Stress can be an indicator. It's not the only indicator, but when chronic stress is paired with resentment, mm. those are really, really good clues that there's a lack of boundaries there that we might not even be aware of. We might not even be able to name that that's what's going on. We just feel like this is life. This is life stress. Mm-hmm. When really, if we take it back, I love that you use the word curious because I think curious paired with compassion can be so helpful to us to be able to identify what are, those, what are those areas in our life that maybe we're not operating in the best, with the best self-worth, which really isn't, I mean, we could talk about people-pleasing the whole entire thing, but yeah. if we could just call out a little, little bit of people-pleasing because it's so common with the girls and women that I teach, this is a common problem. And this lack of boundaries leads to potentially being someone's victim. Mm-hmm. in a self-defense environment and and in a life you know, relationship, an intimate relationship that may or may not end up becoming physically abusive, but could definitely trend and pattern to being abusive or being mistreated. And then we surround ourselves in those relationships, and that's going to e- continue to erode our self-worth. It's going to continue to reinforce those patterns, which mm-hmm. you really called out in your piece. You called out those those pieces. That's why I really like that you said everybody deserves. Mm -hmm. So I, so going back to your original question, which I know we've kind of jumped in a rabbit hole on that first word, which I love because all rabbit holes eventually connect. And so, but I would say pairing, if you're chronic stress with resentment, Mm -hmm. if you chronically feel like, why am I the only one doing this? Or I have to do this again. So rescuing behaviors, which is different than healthy help healthy help is awesome. That's part of community. That's part of healthy relationships. But when the pattern is I have to say no to myself to say yes to you, maybe you're chronically in urgency or crisis, you know, those kinds of relationships can really set up a lot of bitterness, resentment. And then those are clues of maybe I need to take responsibility, which is actually the third part,
1: Mm.
2: your piece. Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay, thank you for going with me down the deserve, you know, and I'll probably do it again with reasons. So you had said I deserve, and then reasons was your second takeaway. You go, you go
2: into recognizing that there are forces working against us mm-hmm. of having a positive image, and to me, those those are clues. Those are clues, and those are reasons. Way maybe why we're having a problem with having that self worth, which is shown in our self-image, how we hold ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, the view that we have of ourselves. So being able to identify what those reasons are, relationships, you know, mm-hmm. again, going back to most of us live very unconscious lives. We, we live unconscious until we kind of wake up. When we're young, people are writing on who we are. They get their fingerprints all over our psyche and they give us messages about ourselves and who we are and what, what value we bring but those are just opinions and those are those are their opinion of us and mm-hmm. some of those messages can be awesome and very accurate and a lot of them can be really unhealthy because they come from a state of maybe their weaknesses or their flaws or fears sometimes parents are really afraid that their kids aren't doing enough and so then they'll push and the push and the message that the child gets is you're not enough When really it's the parent's fear. I'm afraid that you're not going to get something that you need to get to take care of yourself. So it's actually love and concern but it's but it's motivated by fear but what gets communicated is you're not enough and that's the opposite of what most parents want to communicate to their kids so there are the reasons why someone might have might not have a great self image messages that we get those fingerprints and i think until we become kind of a detective in our own life when we do the work our own personal development work whether it be through counseling reading books until we really go through kind of like a forensic detectives and look at each of those fingerprints on our psyche, what are those, which is then, has then become our internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. These are things that we say about ourselves, but we got them somewhere. So Mm -hmm. until we kind of trace, where did I get that thought that I'm not enough? Mm -hmm. For instance, going back to the parental messaging, until I really identify, I don't feel like I'm okay is really I'm enough. I don't feel like I'm okay with who I am. Where where have I gotten that message? And this takes work and this takes time to do this to this work. It's I think the most important work we'll ever do yeah. is to discover these things and grow and become fully who God intended us to be. So doing that forensic work, but the, that was a, the second word was reasons of, yeah. of why we might not have a great self image.
1: Yeah. And I just want to point out, you know, in, in the book um, I, i put a spot here for journaling and there's just two pages there. It'll obviously take a lot more, but like you said, for some people, this might be the first time actually digging in and getting curious of. Yeah. You know, so so we notice the symptoms of maybe stress and resentment that could wake us up to what is my self image, and then the reasons piece is getting curious. What are the messages that I've been believing, and maybe where did they come from? Mm-hmm. And and like you said, that is that is really doing some work because we might have to look at. Um, I know I know for me over the year, many, many, many years of um, healing and whether it's coaching, counseling, I always thought my self-image issues or opportunities had to do with my dynamics with my dad. But then over time, it was like, I kind of had my mom on a pedestal. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing things differently. And so there was some unpacking that had to be done in my relationship with my mom. And um, so I like how you use that, the language of a detective and getting curious and then the compassion piece, compassion for ourselves and for the people around us that have influenced our self-image. Do you have any experience um, yourself with unpacking and, um, and seeing where some of your your self-image messages came from, and maybe how did you work through it or overcome it, or maybe you are still wrestling with some pieces.
2: I think the work never ends, and yes, I've done a ton of work. It's it's a it's a practice. This is a practice. It, it takes. I was reading some research that you know every year talking about the the impact in our psyche and who we are from our family of origins, mm-hmm. and we spend. I think it's like half a million minutes a year. And so when you think about the impact of millions and millions of minutes in our homes, you know, when we're growing up, Mm -hmm. those patterns, which again, are largely unconscious and our parents, you know, they did the best they could do and they passed on probably some great and wonderful things. So I want to hold on to all those wonderful things, but then also going back and tracing the pain and tracing things, messages that I got, again, through fear, mm-hmm. misinterpreting, we, we misunderstand each other so much. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know what even I'm motivated by, let alone being able to m- interpret the motivation of somebody else, their intention in my life. So being able to do that work for me, it was in counseling it was, oh my gosh a life changer. I highly recommend everybody get counseling. It's just so helpful to be able to process and talk about things. And I think no matter what kind of environment you're raised in, a great home, not a great home, a mix of a great home and not a great home, we all have experiences that are worth going back and doing that detective work from compassion, from love. And I think that part for me, when we're we're just we're adapting and when we're young we're just adapting to our environment you know we're wired to thrive no matter what's going on so sometimes we have maladaptions we you know going back to the people pleasing for me people pleasing was just a pattern that i picked up and it's actually a brilliant skill when you're young to be able to navigate your world and to be able to thrive. So we learn that. And at the heart of that is wanting want to get along, wanting there to be peace, wanting people to be happy, wanting for myself to be happy. So you, we learn these, these ways of behaving. And mm-hmm. if we can kind of go back, and for me, being able to go through my resentments, my feelings of being taken advantage of in a number of different scenarios and relationships, I had to, and this kind of goes right into that third word, which yeah. is deciding, like I had to decide to take responsibility for my life and take responsibility for the quality of my life. Mm-hmm. At some point we come face to face with, this is what I was given all the good, all the challenges. Now, what am I going to do with it? So we're given a deck of cards, you know, we're given our hand, yeah. The, the limited things, but we have the ability to kind of exchange that card and go, you know, this card that I got, you know, that doesn't fit who I want to be and who I think I'm worth or who, what I think is healthy. Mm-hmm. So you can like get that back and ask for another card,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and
2: you start building in, but we have to take responsibility. So I love that you had that in this piece because, you know, being a victim, you know, we can't control a lot of things that might happen to us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: but we can always decide what we're going to do about it. At some point, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to choose. We may not realize that if we live an unconscious life, It's we're not going to understand that dynamic and might not feel good or might not even identify as a victim. Some people who have that victim mentality would not say to you yeah. it would, it, that I'm a victim. They wouldn't even own that, but they're living from that mindset of powerlessness yeah. And so, when we can take responsibility and taking responsibility, step might step one might just be: I don't like the way I feel in my body most of the time, and I want to change that because this I cannot thrive, I cannot accomplish my goals, or maybe I don't even know what my goals might be. I'm not in a state. So step one is: I don't like the way I feel in my body. I don't like the way that this relationship is going. I don't like the relation. I don't like the habits that I have, all of that. An honest assessment of, I don't like it. And I'm willing and humble and open to learn new ways of being. And, oh my gosh, with the internet, we can learn anything for free. I mean, yeah. we, I mean we can learn anything
1: right <laughs> now. I'm learning. for everything. <laughs> yeah you do everything that's why we're doing this that's what what this is all about i I have to say something really quick so two weeks prior to our self-image so uh week 30 is the self-image week 28 is freedom from blame and and in here it it talks about the weight of blame is much heavier than the weight of responsibility so i love what you're saying like that that moment of i don't like this yes we might need to be a detective and look, well, what are the reasons? Oh, this person is treating me that way. Or so-and-so did this to me. And, and then what, then it's what you said, the decide I'm going to take ownership. And, and the tagline of volition is we always have a choice. We have a choice how we respond. So I, I love the way you're unpacking this and the powerlessness piece has to play a very big part in your self-defense work.
2: Absolutely. Well, most, most girls and women walk around feeling very vulnerable and powerless. If you look at just the size of most guys,
0: mm-hmm. they're
2: bigger, they're stronger. So just the physics of actual physical self-defense, we're vulnerable. And then of course you layer on top all the movie scenes that we see and all the, you know, perpetration that we hear on the news. That's very real. So most women and most girls walk around with a sense of powerlessness Mm -hmm. and they don't understand that most crime is preventable and that they can live their lives in such a way that if they learn these basic tools of how to live their life, they will be operating from a place of confidence and a place of being skilled to where you're operating in a way where you are not targeted Yeah. So people who are going to commit crime, whether it's assault or robbery or things, and I know we're kind of going in the self-defense piece, but it, it mirrors exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm walking around feeling powerless and weak, that's actually going to signal to people looking for a victim Mm -hmm. that I'm a high target. Yeah. So in my program, I talk about confident awareness, just putting your shoulders back just being aware and eyes up just being able to spot it you're naturally going to be operating in a way that makes you safer because people who are looking for a victim want an easy target mm-hmm. so just you seeing them just you having your shoulders back and you can not feel confident but hold your body confident and that mm-hmm. triggers all of our our brain chemistry to actually signal confidence in ourselves so we mm-hmm. you know that's a habit that we can do just in life just you know yeah. hold ourselves more confidently yeah. Jordan Peterson talks about that in his 12 Rules for Life. I mean, his mm. opening story about the lobsters is oh my phenomenal. Yeah. So that's exactly, and I learned all a lot of what I'm talking about right now from Gavin De Becker from his- Oh,
0: the gift, yeah,
2: yeah. The gift of fear. Oh, wow. Yeah, this, this, we have so many conversations. I today. know. Yeah, and <laughs> I know I'm, I'm kind of trailing away from our original thoughts. So I'm going to try to remember where- You always we come back. You
1: are so great. I love yeah. that. I so love the
2: power, family. the powerless peace. So if we can learn how to keep ourselves physically safer, which is very real and measurable, we can learn how to operate in our life to where we don't continue to feel powerless. Mm -hmm. So we might have been powerless, that's real, but we don't have to continue to live in that powerless state. And that is the those are the kind of the breadcrumbs when we feel that way that's something to really follow like why am i feeling that way and i would say we cannot skip over the pain we can't skip over the work of processing maybe where we were powerless you know we can't just go okay i i deserve it i know i deserve it here are the reasons why i'm going to decide not to be that anyway boom i'm on that path part of that path is being able to go back for ourselves and learn how to grieve Mm-hmm. Grieving, learning to grieve well, man, that is so important to be able to go back and be able to acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about forgiveness, we can't just like ah oh, wipe our hands off it, it's done. We got to go back and go do the emotional work. And if we do that emotional work, that's what frees us to not be powerless anymore. Because in that work, we discover, well, why, why was I a target? Or right. why why was I in this relationship? why did I stay?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Why didn't I do X, Y, and Z? Not from a not from a judging ourselves, but truly asking the questions like a forensic detective would do. Yeah. Why did I do those? And that will give us the clues to what are those things that we need to shore up in ourselves, exchange those cards for different cards. That's where the real power comes from. And mm-hmm. if we learn to really value ourselves, the way that we value other people, It's very easy to protect someone else. In my classes, I talk about, you know, what would you do if somebody came after your child? What would you do if somebody wanted to have a relationship with your child that was unhealthy or putting them down? Man, it just, in its second, we just, we feel those hormones of like protectiveness, but do we feel that way about ourselves? most people don't have that same level of protectiveness and then the question is why and that is the beautiful work of why don't I and then where do I get the foundation of why would I feel that protectiveness about myself
1: oh you know it's what what everything you're saying right now is reminding me of I've recently started playing doubles tennis well last couple years and I've noticed um I was a few Mondays ago, we were in a match and I started messing up. And then I noticed the way I was talking to myself. Like I was literally not only just thinking it in my mind, but then out loud, I'd be like, what's wrong with you, Corey? And I'd I'd get so upset and I was getting so mad at myself. And I would say things like, why can't you just hit it? Why can't you just volley it back? Like what's wrong with you? And, And talking to myself this way, but then every time my partner... When she would make an error, right away, I'd be like, shake it off, you got this, it's no big deal. So in the middle of our match, I told her, I go, Renee, I go, I'm gonna start talking to myself the way that I talk to you. So, and then it became this like fun joke thing where I'm like, good job, Corey. I love you, Corey. And every time I make a mistake, I'd be like, no sweat, shake it off, you'll get the next one. And I would literally like say it out loud then the next week at um, a clinic there's a another guy in my clinic his name is Corey, and he's really harsh on himself and he'll vocalize out loud you know frustrations with himself and i said i go hey i go we have the same name i was like when you say, what's wrong with you, Corey? I go, I think you're talking to me. And, and he and I told him the whole story, like I told you. And I'm like, how about you just start talking to yourself the way you would talk to me? And since we have the same name, it's going to be even easier. And uh, two nights ago, I saw him again and he he told me, he's like, I've been doing it and it works, you know. So just thinking about it, speaking to ourselves as if we're encouraging our best friend it can be one little tool that we use.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting thing to think that we have a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Whether we realize it or not. And so I love that you did that. It's like you changed the way you were talking to yourself and it matters. Yeah. It matters. And those are those habits that sometimes the habits, the habits can resolve a lot just all on their own. Yeah waking up to look, why am I talking to myself that way?
1: Yeah. Well, and a lot of people listening, I'm sure are going to relate. And it's, and, and if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I talk negative to myself. It's something I need to work on. Well, pl- pull a quarry and just start doing it out loud. Like, I think that's the thing. Most of us know it is not useful to talk negatively to ourselves but we keep doing it because we're waiting for something to change on the inside and sometimes the internal change happens after the practice of executing those kind words and encouragement so i've just loved how you've taken this topic and you've you've simplified it with the deserve i deserve i deserve to be treated well I deserve to um, protect the things that I value. I value myself, and then the the reasons getting curious. Why why might I not have been valuing myself? And then the the decide taking ownership and and making those changes. Any any last thoughts or words? Um, yeah, I do. I,
2: I do. And that if I could just say one thing about the negative self talk. Yeah. It's more that shame based motivation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, a lot of movies uh, showing really bad coaches and and bad motivation or parents who are, you know, doing that negative. So that negative, there's a charge to it. And, and that can light a fire to Mm -hmm. make changes or get to it or get better. I just think it's a very weak motivator and it's not long lasting. So it might give short bursts of, to, you know, get things in line, but that shame motivation and that negative motivation is nothing compared to the motivation through love and value. And that is like endless and eternal source of encouragement. And there's fire to that too, because we know when we're not, doing something that's good for us or we know when we need to get off the couch we know when we need to sign up for that class or we know which congratulations on your graduation yeah that's awesome so we know when we need to do better because that better is actually for our best Mm -hmm. versus we need to do better because we're running away from Mm -hmm. negativity running away from Shame versus being drawn to something greater. It's like the magnetism and the force pulling us to our best is so much better. That fuel tank yes. is endless and huge and eternal and wonderful. And the other shame-based negative, that fuel tank is so small and so limiting, and it hurts us. So, but yeah, to, I mean, to answer your question, I've got I in a, preparing for this, I just wrote down five quick things. Mm-hmm. that if somebody's wanting to do this self-image work, mm-hmm. first, get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Take the time to get to know yourself. I know we're all busy and it might be a, a parent and a spouse and a professional and all that, but even carving out a little bit of time every day just to get to know yourself. There's a lot of personality assessments. Mm-hmm. At Jordan Peterson has that understandingmyself.com. It's a great program. I think it's using the big five model for someone to really understand their strengths and weaknesses and oh it's really really great. So get to know yourself and discover your strengths. Number 2, discover and focus on your strengths. You know, when it comes to wellness and mental health and all the things that we know about which the mental health is such a crisis right now coming through this pandemic, you know, we're we're in May 2022, two years and some change into this global trauma. And there's been so much negativity and so much opportunity for us to really circle the wagons and kind of take a nosedive mental health-wise. We don't have to stay there, but it's very easy to think of mental health as more disease model. What's wrong with me? Right. In positive psychology and in more in this strengths assessment, It's like, let's let, maybe let's enter mental health through what's right with me. So we have to know what are our strengths, um, values, values and action VIA. I think it's VIA.org. You can take a 10 minute free assessment and they have 24 different character assessments. And character strengths. You can really identify. It's just one little free tool. You can identify what are my character strengths. It's really good to know that. And through discovering who I am, through my personality, discovering what my strengths are, we can start to find these clues to maybe what is important to us and why we're put on this planet. What what work are we supposed to do that will actually light us up? And so the third thing is I would say ask yourself some questions. So we've got get to know yourself, discover your strengths. And number three, I would say, ask yourself some questions. What breaks your heart? Mm. What lights you up? And then ask for input from the people around you. What do you think my strengths are? What do you think my weaknesses are? I mean, these are people who you've gone through and you trust their input. This isn't like some random person. And this certainly is not somebody who has continually hurt you. These are people, maybe a close friend or close friends, like, hey, I'm just doing some personal work. I would love your feedback. Mm-hmm. What do you see in me? What are some things that you see in me that consistently that you would you would find as a strength? Mm-hmm. That will give you a lot of information from people who are closest to you. And then also, also you know have the courage to say, what are some weaknesses that you think that you see in me? They may or may not be right, but mm-hmm. they're gonna be giving you data. And mm-hmm. so as that input comes in, Mm-hmm. Like put it on a piece of paper. Don't take it all the way into your heart. Listen, but put it through the filter if you're going to put it on paper and you're going to think about it. So mm-hmm. keep keep that feedback out here. Don't take it all in because that's what we did when we were young. We
1: just took yeah. things <laughs> to heart and took it into our and mind. Value. Yes. Well, and I want to throw out a suggestion on how to ask for feedback for these areas of opportunity. I like to call them the opposite end of our strengths. So because if you'll notice, if, 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 if there are weaknesses that you identify with, if you look at your strengths, the weaknesses are usually the opposite end or an mm. overused strength. So I, I just like to ask it in that way. So just something that we can all play with, because I think it, um, it makes it a little more digestible um, to, to look at it in that way. So,
2: Yeah. So when you were saying that, I was thinking maybe the opposite, maybe like you're super passionate, and so that's a strength. But then maybe um, angered quickly might yeah. be the yeah emotional
1: okay. dramatic. I see what you're Actually, saying. That happens to be one of my greatest strengths is that I am very passionate, and an opposite end of that can be emotional, unmanaged emotions, dramatic.
2: Yeah, style.
1: Okay. <laughs> i see where
2: you're going with that that makes a lot of sense
0: um
2: i would say so do the work of uncovering what the messages that you have is that you yeah okay so do the work of uncovering the story you're telling yourself as brene brown i first heard it through her what is the story i'm telling myself Mm -hmm. do that work and through journaling i mean you have that journaling pages in your Mm -hmm. book uh, I this one book called The Artist's Way. Julie oh, Cameron, yeah. author. Yeah, so the morning pages, fifteen minutes yeah. of dumping it out. Mm-hmm. Even if you, I mean, research shows that if you just do journaling three days a week, that it reduces anxiety, improves well-being, p- peace of mind. That dumping out, I mean, it's shown in 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 research that it actually helps to, to just that alone, let alone getting this data from what you're writing. If you just wrote. For the sake of dumping it all out with no censoring, no commas and punctuation and yeah. spelling errors, just dump it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then doing some grief work. We've got to do mm-hmm. this is uncovering the story. We got to do our grief work. Yeah. There's a lot of pain yeah. in in some of I, the messages that we got. Yeah, yeah. and life for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgiveness and blessing. I mean, there, there's a whole series of podcasts that we could do in this in this space of number four of doing the work. Uh, And then last thing I would say, surround yourself with honest, hardworking people who are also doing this work.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Surround yourself yourself with people who are really motivated to grow, to be honest Mm -hmm. and hardworking. And those things will really change your life. I know they've changed my life. We kind of raise the bar of who gets to get in my head. Yeah. That bar is so high that you have to go through a lot of different gates of, mm. of of testing and of observing before before somebody has the right to speak into my life mm-hmm. they've had to go through and not that i don't get offended or i don't get my feelings hurt by people or, yeah. or anything like that the goal isn't to become you know to, to not have any hard times or any hard feelings it's just we want that accurate view and that accurate mm picture and that influence that we allow into our life is so key that we take responsibility for that
1: yeah i love that fifth one Um, i remember when i first started learning about boundaries i took a class at bayside church and i ended up taking that same class five times because Mm -hmm. i i was so i mean i i didn't know the first thing about boundaries And so I took it over and over and over again. And then that class led to another one called safe people. And um, I just remember talk about grief. I I remember thinking like, uh, how do I keep drawing and attracting people that it creates unhealthy dynamics and, Um, And I remember Carol Carcases, she was, she ended up being my therapist and she was leading the group, but she just said, you know, your people picker is broken, but you're working on fixing it. And the more healthy you get, the more you're, you will be drawn towards and attract healthy people. And we're all imperfect, but a person that is healthy or safe is going to be able to take ownership for their mistakes and desire to treat you with respect and desire to give you support your options and preferences. And these are not relationships based on people pleasing and earning and um, dominance and control. And, And so, and now I look around and, you know, talk about surround yourself with people that are doing the work. I look around and every one of my closest friends and my family. And, you know, I just, it's like before I would look around and I couldn't find what I would see as one healthy, safe person. And now it's, it's really changed. So I love that. And that's what we're working on creating here, you know, through Monday motivations and starting some group work and things like that to create a community of people that are passionate about health and healing and being high functioning.
2: That's awesome, Corey.
1: And thank you for contributing to this. So um, I always like to ask in closing, I know um, you went down five, but if you were to just really simplify, you know, what's your one nugget of of advice to yourself and to others on on self-awareness and self-worth and self-image?
2: We were created by love for love. Mm-hmm. and if we can really take that in and really live from that place mm-hmm. and anything that isn't like that we need to examine and we need to look at so that's that's what i would say and and just taking a deep breath and i know the world just there's so much content there's so much hustle going on mm-hmm. a lot of messages about go beast mode and you know hustle but if mm-hmm. someone feels lost and then they're hustling in the lostness. That's There's a lot of suffering there. Mm-hmm. So just take a deep breath. If you're not sure where you want to go, if you're not sure who you are, if you're not sure why you don't feel well, take a deep breath mm-hmm. and just, it's okay. You have time and take the time and give that time to yourself.
1: Mm. Thank you so much. And you you just always bring such a calming presence and can't thank you enough. I know everyone listening and watching is just going to get something really important out of this for their own unique situation. So for anybody who wants more of Lori, uh, visit (laughs) LoriLara.com. So that's L-O-R-I-L-A-R-A.com. And you do speaking workshops, um, classes. Um, You're going to be, I think you're going to do a workshop at the next um, Cultivate Victory, I think, are you?
2: I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we'll have to chat about that. So, thank you so much and for, for everyone. You.
2: Yeah. You keep being you. You keep putting this content out. It's a good good force of
1: power of goodness in the world. So, just keep going. Yep. Thank you so much. As long as God gives me the the time and the the drive. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And next week is week 31 appreciation. So that's going to be a good one. So we'll
0: see everyone next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monday motivation with Corey Mendoza. Did this conversation spark something in you? Did you have an aha moment? Share it with us by writing a review on this episode on your podcast player, help us get the good news out in the world and help others find this podcast by giving it a five star review. And be sure to subscribe to the Monday Motivation with Corey Mendoza podcast to not miss the next episode. To learn more about Corey and her brand, Volition, visit choosevolition.com.